Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I am the president at IAW, and as always, I'm so excited to be here with another guest today. Uh, we are going to be talking about a variety of topics, but primarily boundaries in the workplace, which is so important. Dr. Dana Gianta, did I say that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Starting I like was looking at it and I was like, I knew I was going to screw this up. Okay. (laughs) Today we have Dr. Dana Gianta joining me. She's a psychologist and executive coach, motivational speaker, and co-author of the book from stress to centered, a practical guide to a healthier and happier you. She's the founder of Dana Gianta coaching and specializes in boundaries and relationships and the workplace leadership development and employee well-being and organizational performance. She has a diverse professional background in business psychology, coaching, and health, and works with senior executives and high-achieving professionals in small to larger Fortune 500 and nonprofit organizations across various industries. In her life coaching and psychology practice, she works with individuals on areas related to relationships, career challenges, boundaries, well-being, and midlife transitions. She's been featured in Inc., Strategy and Business, Psychology Today, Inverse, Psych Central, Expert Beacon, and Lawline, and speaks nationally on topics related to boundaries in the workplace, employee well-being, work-life balance, and self-renewal. Dana, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. And that was a lovely introduction. (laughs) Such an amazing background. And there's so much that you do. And I'm excited to dive in because I think that the work you do, I, this, we, we had a little chat about boundaries, right? And how did you, how did, how did boundaries become Actually, before I get there, how did you get into becoming a coach and a psychologist and doing the work that you're doing? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Well, I went to NYU and I kind of specialized in business. So my background originally was business. Then as I was just about, I was graduating, I started taking some classes in psychology, organizational psych and consumer psychology. And it really intrigued me. And I I really kind of got excited about it. Um, And and then I did some volunteer work. And I thought, you know what, I could I could be successful in business, which is wonderful. And I also felt more drawn to working with people and like helping people. So I thought, you know what, psychology may be a really great fit, even a better fit than business. So I wound up graduating and then going back to school for psychology and uh, kept pursuing it and then decided to get my PhD because it it just, I wanted to be able to practice and maybe teach. And yeah, so then, and then I got into executive coaching once I was having my business in psychology. Some colleagues of mine um, basically introduced me to the field of executive coaching. I hadn't heard about it. And I was, thought this is a great way of bridging my background in business and marketing and with psychology. So, um, and then help executives and workplaces. So, yeah, it was really a, a great like com- combination. I was excited awesome. to do both. Yeah. Awesome. I love when things come together that way. It sounds like. <laughs> It it's, really did. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then I also have like a health background. So I was even able to kind of bring in the health background with the employee well-being and kind right. of organizational health and performance. So yeah, it was, wow. it was yeah, it was a great fit. Yeah. So, 
So you say one of the things you specialize in is boundaries in relationships and in the workplace. And I know a lot of times when boundaries come up, we think about boundaries in our relationships or in our family life, but talk to me about boundaries in the workplace and, and sort of what those, what, what those boundaries are or could be and why they're so important. Sure. Yeah. Uh, right. M- many of us are familiar with kind of setting boundaries and relationships and maybe in the home life, right. With children, especially, um, but in the workplace, I mean, we do it, but a lot of times we're not really conscious we're doing it or even intentional about it. Um, and sometimes in the workplace, it can be very difficult because of the power imbalances that are there. Right. Um, but one example is, you know, an, an easy one is, um, not having work really contact you or email you or calls, all these kind of responsibilities while you're on vacation, Mm. right? So if you're going on vacation, you want to have some nice boundaries between work and really allowing yourself to enjoy your vacation without feeling the pressure or the stress of of work, right? Um, So that's one, or even on the weekends, right? So boundaries can be around work-life balance or really carving and protecting the time you have at home. So after, you know, your regular scheduled work hours, whether it's 530, 6.30, you're not really, you're, you're not taking calls after 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, right? And on the weekends, you, this is your off time, right? Time yeah. to review, time with family, with friends, for yourself. Um, so really kind of working with the, with the organization, your company to kind of really figure out a system and a schedule that works to kind of deal with the organizational needs, but also allow you to have a healthy work-life balance, right? right. For yourself and your own well-being. Right. Because I think there's a, a tricky thing there between what the organization needs or sometimes thinks they need, but then also what's most important for your employees and the development of, of your of your people, right? Yes, that's right. And that's why a lot of organizations, and that's a great point you made. Yeah. Um, and I think the think you need, sometimes organizations think they need, right? Employees to work, you know, 50, 70 hours a week. And it's it's not the case, right? right. And actually the research shows the more the employees work overtime and work these very significant hours, 60, 70 hours a week, their their performance and productivity goes down because mm-hmm. you're not able to sustain anyone. You're not able to sustain your performance and your, your, right. your mental state, right? To be able to focus and concentrate. It's impossible. So they're not really getting the performance and the productivity they think they are by having right. employees work so hard. And then you get burnouts, right? Which is kind of what's happening now. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the being able to prevent burnout by, by managing uh, schedules. And so do you see often that employees have to approach employers about boundaries or are some employers putting things in place that, that are sort of workplace policies that help protect that time? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's, it's a bit of both when I'm seeing um, some organizations, you know, they really, becoming, I think, increased consciousness and awareness of the right. impact the burnout has on employees and these very, you know, very um, imbalanced schedules, right? And, and high stress level, so many employees are feeling. So they're starting to recognize the impact and then really make some changes, very positive, you know, practices and policies around that. So mm-hmm. that's wonderful to see. Um, it's not yet the majority or even half of the organizations out there. <laughs> 
So then it leaves the employees to really try to advocate for themselves and, and really talk with their, their managers or their supervisors about their own needs and, you know, what, what they require or need for their own well-being or family life, right? Um, and what's interesting is, which really does need to shift still, is organizations somehow feel like it's up to the employees the responsibilities on the employees to set these boundaries and communicate what they need. And however, it really needs to be a collaborative effort, right? It needs to be con- communication, you know, and conversations around what works well for both and how we can kind of come up with some creative solutions that meet everyone's needs, right? Not just expect the employee to do it. Right. Yeah. I think I, on my team, I see this play out. My team's spread across the U.S., so we're all different time zones. And there was a message sent around, I don't know, it was probably 10 o'clock Eastern. And then a follow-up was sent maybe an hour later. And I said, you guys, some people aren't even online yet. (laughs) Like we have to be mindful of, um, and fortunately the West coast team, they, they tend to not log in until later in the morning because that's their work hours. But it's like just being more conscious of where is the team and what am, what message am I sending? If I'm sending emails at midnight, um, That's right. I, personally, I, there are nights I work late, but I often schedule my emails so that they deliver in the morning because That's I don't right. want my team to think there's an expectation there. It's <laughs> I'm yes. mindful of that. <laughs> Yes, no, that's wonderful. I mean, that mindfulness really is so important, you know, because mm-hmm. you're right. If they get an email at two o'clock in the morning from you or four o'clock in the morning, they think, they wow, yes, they can. Oh, I have to do this too. And yeah, yeah. Um, no, I often tell them I might be crazy to work in the middle of the night, but I don't expect you to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess the the challenge comes in where there might be a deadline or a big project or or something. And so how do we make sure we're weighing the the needs of the business with what's best for employee work-life balance? Yeah, yeah, that's that's important. Um yeah, and of course that that does happen, right? There's some, mm-hmm. you know, unusual or extra deadlines and you know very high or highly important projects. Um, So I I think part of it is really with some good planning, right? Leadership can see the flow of the work, right? Mm -hmm. And they can say, okay, we we really have this project that's coming up in, you know, March, that's going to require two or three weeks of some intense work. But then we really, we we really want to make sure the employees, right, get to renew and have some time, some downtime, right? Right. We don't want back-to-back projects and and high intensity kind of schedules, right, for an extended period of time. Um, And I think employees, you know, they're, they're open to that. They really, you know, especially if you treat them well, and they feel valued, they, they really are okay with going out of their way and even above and beyond sometimes, right, to kind of help the company meet the objectives and and all come together, right, to kind of Yeah, make it work. Um, But then they know that you're going to be, you'll take care of them too, right? You're not going to overwork them and exploit them. You're going to let them, you know, renew and some time for extra time for family that they missed out on, right? Because they were doing some extra projects for you. So it's it's that balance, you know, kind of good planning. um, And like you said, mindfulness is key. Right. Right. So plan for it, communicate it, be mindful of where everyone is at. Right. But right. it can it can work, right? It doesn't have to be this. Okay, everyone's working hard now, and it <laughs> when done with the right approach, it can be successful. It's just as That's- as leaders, you have to be aware of 
the timeline and, and what you're expecting from people, I think. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. And also, I think, you know, what you're bringing up, too, is the communication is key. You know, employees have so many, which are so underutilized, so many resources, so many strengths, so much, in, you know, um, yeah, creative brainstorming and problem solving to ask them like, OK, you know what? We, we're going to have a project coming up in the next few months. What do you think it's going to take? You know, what what do you think we can do to get this, you know, to make this work? Um, what would be helpful for you? What do you need to make this successful? Mm -hmm. And when is the best time? Could we do it? Is April better than March? You know, sometimes that could be helpful, too, and really get their feedback and their input. And then they also feel like they're more involved in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Important. So one of the things I want to talk about sort of a, a theme we follow on this podcast is some of the challenges we've overcome along the way of growing a business or growing a career, because often we, a lot of us have the same challenges and we might have triggers of inspiration or things to help somebody else, maybe not, not go through the same thing or, or have an easier time. So one of the things you shared um, related to one of your challenges was knowing your worth, pricing your services that reflect the value you provide. And now that you do, it's transformed your business. And I think that's a, a big statement I want to hone in on, on transforming your business by knowing your worth and pricing your services. So talk to me about your journey through pricing your services and how, how it has transformed your business. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a really important one and it really has transformed my business. Um so I started when I started my my business many years ago in 2005, um a lot of the focus for especially for psychologists is to take insurance mm -hmm. and for patients or clients and they don't pay very well. The compensation for um therapists and you know psychologists all therapists really is pretty low and they don't raise their rates. So you were really kind of flat for many years. Um <laughs> And I was kind of under the impression, like, that's what the standard was. That's what we did, you know, in a, I was more of a therapist rather than a businesswoman also. Yep. So that was an important shift I had to make. It took me a good decade probably <laughs> to kind of really embrace that. Cause I was so not that, you know, it just was so foreign to me. Um, but, and then, you know, recognizing that this was not sustainable, right? I cannot maintain my business making these rates. And it was a rate of an hourly rate. So the rate was for your time, not the value you provide. Right. That was a huge shift. And this is, you know, so much of our culture is very much about you get paid by the hour. Um, and depending on what you're, the type of work you're doing, um, like, but especially professional service, you know, um, work, 
you really, it's really helpful. What I found is transformative is to think about what is the value you're providing mm-hmm. and charge for that, not my hourly rate. Um, so that's what I've, since I relocated to Vegas, I, um, I stopped taking insurance and then it was a while ago I stopped, but I stopped taking insurance and really, um, and make, made my, my, all of my, both my coaching, my therapy, just completely private pay, um, and raise my rate, probably doubled and tripled the rates, um, over, over, you know, several years. And that has been, you know, really invaluable, you know, so now really, you know, limit the number of clients I have, but really give them high quality, you know, um, Mm -hmm. attention and support and, uh, and also maintain my own well-being. Right. have my own, you know, healthy work-life balance, which was very hard to do when you're making, you know, yeah, previous. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the business perspective, I'm a, I'm a data and numbers junkie. So if you, if you can, if you can charge three times for one client, that means you're seeing one person in the same amount you were seeing three and suddenly you have more time. You can either make more money or you can spend more time on yourself. (laughs) And, and that becomes really important. Um, and I right. think for, for any business owner, no whether your services or product or like you, you have to price yourself for the value of what you're providing. Um, and right. of course with, with insurance, that's going to dictate some of it. Right. So I can see how that sets your mind on, okay, this is what I can charge, but right. there's, right. there's, there's other opportunity there. And right. I, I love hearing that it transformed your business because I think that you, you clearly are passionate about what you do, but mm. if you're, if you feel like you're, you're financially not, not where you want to be, that can be really yes. frustrating. Yes, <laughs> no, you're right. I really, it really was. And yeah, you start to feel like, <clears throat> you know, you're helping others and you, and you do, I, I do love what I do, but then I was feeling like I'm financially stressed and overwhelmed and I'm getting burnt out myself because I just can't see all these clients, you know, and, right. and still not make very good money, you know, or enough money to sustain me. And so, yeah, it was kind of a lose-lose. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to do this again, right, I wound up taking a position in an organization for an interim period. Um mm-hmm. And actually got burned out at this organization. And then I decided I'm going to relaunch my business. And that's when I became very intentional about, you know, what are the, what are the services I'm going to offer and the pricing and it's going to be value-based Yeah, because you do, you know, as a coach and a therapist, I mean, you really do help people transform their own lives, you know, you know, be, be so much happier and healthier. So it it really does provide, you know, tremendous value and yeah. It does. You're right. As someone who has used, uses a therapist and a coach, <laughs> very valuable services. Um, so the other thing that we like to weave in here is to talk a little bit about community and how a, you tap into community to support what you do, but also how women can work together to empower each other and to help lift each other up. Um, and that's one of the the tips you shared was to lift each other up and support one another through collaboration and referral. Be mindful of how we talk and think about women in in general and and business women. I think that's that's really important. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, definitely. You know, one of the things I noticed when I so I joined some organizations and committees and different groups over the years, over spanning probably two decades now. And what I noticed, um, and this is only, this is my perception, you know, it's not, I'm saying it's fact, but this is my perception, is that 
many times when, when, in terms of gender differences, I noticed a lot of um, male colleagues, they often refer to other male colleagues. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was always very interesting to kind of see this, at least in my world, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, and I, I don't often see, and, and, and women are doing it, but I thought this is a wonderful way for women to help support each other and really help each other rise is to start referring to one another yes. um, and collaborating. You know, there's so many different projects and articles, so many things we can do, right, to really help each other. And by collaborating, we really get to know each other better, but also support each other. And who knows what opportunities can come from the collaboration um, right. or the referrals. So right. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, one of the things I love seeing is when I notice two IAW members collaborating mm-hmm. on a project. So I just, just recently saw a podcast that was a member from Dallas and a member from Philadelphia. And I have no idea how they met, but they're both, they met through IAW somehow. They're both members. And I, it just, I love seeing it. I love seeing the the collaboration and the support of each other. Um, I think it's so important and it's, it's a powerful way for us to all come together and, and support each other. It really is. It, it really is. And it's, and it's, and, and the best part is I started doing more of that this year myself and it's fun. I mean, it's really fun. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah you yeah. get to know the women. Yeah. You, you, you laugh, you have good times, you get to know each other better. It is. And, it, and it's yeah. actually this work when you share it. Right. Right. And I think the, the term networking, sometimes people have this, the, they cringe. I, I have a, I talk that I do about networking and I ask how people feel and I get a lot of like, Ooh, like they just don't like it. I'm like, well, but what if we're just talking about building relationships? What if we're talking about being around people who are really interesting and are doing really cool things that you want to support and now right. like collaborate with like that, that changes the the context of it. It's the same thing. <laughs> yes, that's a great way of looking at it. And it's yeah. awesome. that is the same thing. You're right. It yeah. really is. I mean, yeah. you get somebody doing something and, you know, you just like say, yes, I'm open to how can I help? I'd love to work with you or do something together. And before you know it, it is a form of networking, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't it. feel like it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. And yeah, Definitely. I think that's awesome. So yeah. Dana, tell us where our listeners can find you. You have your book, you have a biweekly newsletter. Tell us about where Dude, they can find yeah. you online. Yeah, so you could go to my website. It's www.danagianta.com. So it's my name. Um, if you want to sign up for my, it's bi-weekly. It talks about boundary setting in, in the workplace, relationships, uh, mindfulness, courageous changes. So I help a lot of women with making you know, courageous changes in their life um, and all different other types of fun things. So you could just sign up for that. And um, you could also find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you could follow me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. And we'll have those linked up in the show notes so people can, okay. can awesome. find you easily, but definitely go connect and and follow Dana and all the, the great stuff she's sharing. Um, as we wrap up here, I'd love any final tips or words of advice for our listeners. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I so far, I, IAW has been a great support and a great community to be part of. So if you're looking for, um, you know, additional support, reach out to each other, connect with me. I'd be happy to kind of learn more about what you're doing and see if we can collaborate. Um, and just to kind of, you know, yeah, be mindful of, of other women and let's support other women in business and just talking more positively and respectfully about women um, and just see what we can do to really help each other, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. 
So. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you to all of our listeners. Thank you as always for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And in the meantime, go connect with Dana and, and get all those great resources she has. Thank you, Dana. Great. Again, this was awesome. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.